Welcome to a special community episode for Alpha Geek Radio. This one was voted by the people, for the people, and they chose to have uh, me, Hammond Chamberlain, join uh, Mr. Daryl Skeels. Yes, and I'm right here. And he is there. And we are going to talk about the Star Trek captains. So uh, here we go. Yes, by, uh, by popular demand. I'm the one who's treading in, uh, in your yard. So our, let's go in chronological order, and let's go ahead and bring up Captain Pike. Oh, okay. Now, I'm going to be honest. Uh, well, let's see. Why don't we go ahead and play a piece of Pike? <laughs> Sounds like a, a cut of fish. <laughs> here you go. Why are you here? To please you. Are you real? As real as you wish. Oh, no. No, that's not any answer. I've never met you before. I never even imagined you. So, I'll be honest. Is Other than the fact that I know he was a captain, and I know at some point he ended up in a fancy wheelchair beeping, I don't know anything about him. So yeah. why don't you tell me a little bit about him? Well, there's not a whole lot to know because he really was only in one episode, which was the first original pilot. And they cut that up and made the menagerie later, which used the same footage. So really, there's only one episode with him in it. And he was the first captain of the Enterprise, unless you include Robert April from the animated series. And, and Robert April was actually supposed to be, well, he was supposed to be the captain instead of Captain Kirk. He, it was just a name thing behind the scenes as they were coming up with the characters. Okay. Uh, right. So it's really kind of amazing that Robert April ever made it into any kind of thing, let alone the So he's canon. Series. Well... At one point, the animated series was canon, and, and then Gene Ronberry said, nope, the animated series is not canon. Okay. So I guess I've always thought that canon is up to the viewer, and canon for me may not be the same as for you. It's just whatever you want to believe in, I guess. Whatever makes it right for you is is canon. Okay. I, I I remember watching the animated series when it was in first run on TV, but I was not paying attention to it at the time because it was I wasn't as cognizant of what Star Trek is at the time. Mm-hmm. I watched so. I watched the animated series and I was super excited when I heard that it was happening. And it's so weird to think that it came to be only four years after the original went off the air. Only four years. That's so weird. We're celebrating 50 years of Star Trek now. And just and to think that the animated series was only four years after the original, that just is... I must be a thousand years old. <laughs> All right, so let's move into the, the captains that we know about and have opinions on. So uh, do you have a Kirk clip? Right here. I don't know why a young mind has to be an undisciplined one. They're troublemakers. I used to get into a little trouble when I was that age, Scotty, didn't you? I think there were a couple clips in the original series where Kirk refers to himself as being a troublemaker in his youth. 
Yeah. Another one was dipping little girls' curls in ink wells, which maybe was applicable in the 60s, but not 200 years from now. Yeah, I was going to say that's quite an archaic reference (laughs) for a captain of a starship in the 22nd or 23rd century or whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. So in the movies, they always made Kirk seem more cerebral and less actiony and reactive. Whether while on TV, he was, that's all he was, was reactionary and reactive and actiony. Whenever he was being smart and strategic on TV, I didn't believe it. I thought he was faking. It seemed it seemed so counter character, and that that particular the cerebral the cerebral aspect of it that was really Spock's job. Um, the relationship that Spock and Kirk had were very much like the Janeway Chakotay reference uh, relationship because they kind of filled in each other's holes in their personalities. But I'll get to that later. Um, so I didn't really believe him when he was like quoting Shakespeare and you know and being all hey, let's do this strategic move and freak them out. And it just, like when they when he tricked him with the card game on the gangster planet, that that seems, well, I guess it's kind of shystery, which is kind of up his alley. But <laughs> I don't know. It just, he, he was the kind of person that would solve all of his problems with a kiss or a fist, and sometimes both. And those seem to be his only two, his only two skills. Now, it's not like I don't like Kirk. I just don't relate to him. He's a very much of an old school, run into the building without looking kind of hero. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but as far as generationally goes, I think I missed that type of hero. And also, on a side note, if he actually spoke with a regular cadence, those episodes would have been 30 minutes apiece. <laughs> yeah, some of them would, would have been. Um I've no I agree with with you about Kirk. He's he's an old style adventurer and he seems to disregard the prime directive whenever it's convenient for him. I mean, there there are a bunch of prime directive episodes, non-interference, you don't interfere with other cultures, you let them develop naturally, which is as it should be, but it seemed that Kirk always just said, "Ah, but we will anyway." But she's hot, and I want to make out with her. <laughs> Come on up and show me. I'll show you my starship, and my parents are out of town, and we can party. Well, sometimes it was that way. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you just got crusty. But you're back. Um, okay. He, yeah, you're right. He would punch things. He would blow stuff up. He would talk a computer to death. That, that was very much Kirk. And he improvised a lot. He never really went by the book. He kind of made things up as he went. And I guess there's a place for that kind of hero. And that's not bad. That's just who he is. And it, the Kirk Spock McCoy triangle of of oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Heroes. I don't know. They those three characters counteracted each other and complemented each other. They, that was a really, really great triangle well, of characters. That, that particular archetype that was created for Star Trek has been repeated not just in every Star Trek, but it's been repeated in a lot of different TV shows. I can think of lots and lots of TV shows, sitcoms, procedurals, whatever, that have three main characters that have that kind of relationship. And the show lives and dies on that, that relationship. And so, Roddenberry really did create something special with those three, kind of the grumpy, the smart, and the brash. 
Yeah. Or the emotional, the logical, and the adventurer. Yeah. Because I can't think of anything else for Kirk. Well, that's why I said brash, is because that's kind of what he was. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so Captain Picard, go ahead and push uh, Picard's button. I am not dead. Because I refuse to believe that the afterlife is run by you. The universe is not so badly designed. So, for me, in contrast, in the movies, they tried to make Picard more action-y and still keep him smart and literate, like they did in the TV show. But when he's this gun-wielding, all-Kirky type, it's really hard for me to believe him. That was actually Riker's job. Uh, Riker was supposed to be the Kirk kind of uh, archetype in that relationship. Um, He always seemed to be uh, putting making the statements about my ship and my crew. I, it was like a drinking game. <laughs> so uh, I have to mention, too, that, you know, Riker was a, pro, a captain for prolonged periods of time, you know, and the best of both worlds. He actually did some of the, the more cool captain-y things uh, in those two situations. So, I mean, I think Picard was more captain-y because he let other people, he, like he sent Riker down in on the away missions most of the time. He stayed in the ship and he did the diplomatic talking and he was the guy who was kind of in charge. Yeah. And everybody else kind of did his his thing. And I appreciate that in a leader because that's someone who can do everything on the ship but also knows that there are people who he has hired and trust to do the job. So he doesn't have to. Yeah, and also the thinking behind the scenes about that was you wouldn't send your captain on all these dangerous missions. You you don't want to get your top people killed off. Send send the red shirts down. And the android, because he's expendable. Or at least more durable. Yes. Yeah. And another thing I uh, noticed about Picard is he seems to want to, unlike Kirk... He really sticks to the prime directive almost at any cost, even Starfleet crew members' lives. And, he and, his, and, his, and his own, I mean, sometimes to his own detriment, too. Yeah. And he, he really sticks by the Starfleet book of conduct, which is something to admire. Yeah. He's not I mean, quite, he's not action-y, and he shouldn't be, like you said. And, and that relationship in the 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 Spock Kirk McCoy relationship he kind of falls into the McCoy role because he's more emotional and more feeling and more pensive and then Riker is Kirk and Data would be um, Spock would be Spock yeah yep that makes sense all right let's do Cisco i understand you had a confrontation with Dr. Bashir yesterday Oh, that's a, that was nothing. Not according to Dr. Bashir. We had a little argument. Julian and I are always arguing. According to Constable Odo, you also had an incident with Quark. Did that little... Look, sir, I, I may have let things get a little out of hand, but it won't happen again. Hmm. Dr. Bashir also tells me that you've stopped seeing your counselor. Sir, I've been very busy lately. The agreement was that you were going to see a counselor on a regular basis. You're right. I'll make an appointment to go see him tomorrow. You'll see him today. Immediately. I have a lot of work to do today, sir. 
The work can wait. As of now, you're relieved of duty. I want you to report to Consular Tilnori and begin attending daily counseling sessions for as long as he thinks it's advisable. All right, this kind of sums up Cisco. <laughs> it really does. Because I actually wrote, before the episode, I wrote down, he was like the principal of the school that no one wanted to go into his office. Daryl Skeels, what did you name that clip before we even spoke? Oh, now I'd have to go look it up again, but it was something like Cisco, Cisco uh, Principal Cisco in the principal's office or something like that. Yes. Yeah, I... I know he's a captain, uh, but he seemed more like a superintendent or a landlord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm going to be really honest. I tried really, really hard to like DS9. I, I really did. But I rapidly lost interest because it seemed more like they were making a soap opera, like an old school 70s soap opera set in a space station. You know, kind of like uh, Dark Shadows. Yeah, that's it. Dark Shadows. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like Dark Shadows, a themed soap opera, except this one's set on a space station, and it's um, got a melty alien, and then the guy with the big ears, and the girl with the nose, and the lady with the spots, and the guy with the forehead after a couple seasons, and then... They did lots of things to try to get people to watch. They brought Tribbles back. They went back in time and did the whole Trouble Tribbles thing. They they did all these things that, that you think would make people watch, and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't get into it. And as a result, uh, I can be honest that Cisco is my least favorite captain. Mm-hmm. I, I actually agree with your assessment of Deep Space Nine, and everybody's going to hate me for that. There's tons... <laughs> There are tons of people that absolutely love it, and it's their favorite of all the series. And God bless them for it. Yeah. But I think that, uh, what was it, Farscape came out just about the same time? Uh, was it Farscape or Andromeda no. that was pretty much the same thing? Well, there was another, it was, um, oh, shoot. Oh, Babylon 5. I didn't even Babylon have to look 5. it up. Okay, yeah. So, like I said, they, it was a very similar show, and I actually enjoyed that one more because I think that the characters are more likable. I didn't find anyone on that show likable. Yeah, they were kind of robot-y and, and characterless. Also they, were, also, they were just jerks to each other. Yeah, that too. And Which, then they brought, like, and, was, then, and again, Star Trek with kids doesn't work. So the minute they brought, Jake is, became a character, and then uh, what's Odo's kids, cousin, whatever? The you other, mean, you mean or, Quark? Yeah, Quark's sorry. Odo yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, once that Jake and his the kid uh, Ferengi got going, I wanted to punch myself in the neck. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. As much as everybody will hate me, I just have to say it. <laughs> all righty, uh, let's move on to Janeway. Here she is. This is Captain Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> On our way home to the Alpha Quadrant, Commander Paris and I listen to this week in track. <laughs> I've got to go put that on the other show now that I found that again. <laughs> All right, you want to play a real art? Here's, art the, here's the real one. You're committing an act of war, Captain. 
Captain. You've left me no choice, Counselor. Reinforcements are arriving. You will be destroyed. I don't have time for this. Target their weapons array. So Janeway is a pretty good mix of qualities. I actually like her as a captain. Uh, she uh, had to make a crew that was actually fighting against each other, uh, trust and work to work together. Uh, she was alone, and she had a nice combination of the tr the strategic and the forceful. Uh, she also could be the sit back and wait and see and plan a, a strategy kind of person. So that was all good. And another, and sometimes she was also kind of motherly and supportive. And then. Uh, you know, Chipotle was the the character that kind of uh, I know I misspelled his name. It's <laughs> that's fine. Chicote, Chicote, um, kind of uh, filled the holes in her character, and uh, she filled his, and they were they were good. And you know, as far as kind of going by the book, because she was so far out there and so far alone, and many she tried to follow Starfleet because that's who she still represented represented and was still doing what Starfleet, you know, she was still part of Starfleet. But because she was so far out there, the rule book kind of got chucked. And so she was kind of writing her own rules as she went within the guidelines and I guess the moral compasses that Starfleet had established for her. Yeah. I, I can't even really add much to that. She was she was a good solid captain and she didn't take any crap from anybody. She was, I think, uh, my third favorite. In the godhead of Star Trek uh, that we've established, the Spock-Kirk-McCoy relationships, who fits that the three holes for her? Well, I think it was supposed to be Janeway, Chipotle, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tuvok. You think Tuvok? I was thinking Paris. Paris, Paris. Who is McCoy? Well, I was thinking that Jane Way would be the McCoy. Uh, Chipotle would be the uh, Spock, and Paris would be the Kirk. But I like your thinking where Tuvok is the Spock. And I'd almost say Jane Way is Kirk, but she's not really. Maybe she's a mix of. Two of yeah, them. maybe the two of them are they're like a, a McKirk. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the McKirk. Is it too early to be a McKirk sandwich? <laughs> Never too early for that. You can get one at Chipotle. <laughs> no, I like Janeway. I, I know that the show gets a lot of flack, but, uh, you know, it's. I want to think that it's probably my second favorite show. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like Next Generation, then I think I like Voyager, and then I think I fall into the uh, the original series. Okay. But, well, that, that but that's just me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just me. So, all right, Archer. You're a senior officer on this ship. You're privy to the moral challenges I've had to face. You know I've wrestled with the fine line between doing what... I think is right and interfering with other species. So don't tell me you know what I would have done when I don't even know what I would have done. I didn't think it would hurt to teach her how to read. Then you didn't think hard enough. We're out here to meet new species, not tell them what to do. Teaching her to read is no different than you giving them books or movies. Giving them books is a lot different than suggesting they defy their culture. And they asked me for the books. 
Did she ask you to teach her how to read? No, sir. And sneaking into her quarters, bringing her on Enterprise, lying about where you were going. Why? Because she is hot, Captain. <laughs> no, I like Archer. Uh, I really like Scott Bakula. I think he's a, a great actor. I think he and Patrick Stewart are neck and neck as far as my favorite favorite actors that we've talked about. Um, we have fortune. For, we have the fortune of knowing what's coming in the timeline. So we're kind of holding Archer to a standard that, as a character, he didn't even know he was being held up to. I guess in a weird way. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job in spite of the writing, in spite of the direction of kind of portraying that idea of doing something new for the first time as a captain blazing trails into space. Uh, I frankly, I love the episodes, uh, the mirror, the mirror darkly. Uh, I think they're great episodes and I learned that they actually did that mirror episode stuff quite a bit. They did it in TOS and DS nine and enterprise and, I think it's really cool that they actually did these alternate things. I wasn't aware of any of the other ones other than uh, Mirror Darkly. Yeah, they did TOS, and they, they, I think they did do other ones, but I, it's been so long that I've seen them, and I don't know that they were that well done in the others. In TOS, they, it was great. That's my favorite alternate did, reality one. Did... Uh, TNG do one because that would have been cool. No, they didn't. Ah, that's sad. But I, I don't like doing the same thing too much. A, f- a couple or maybe three times is fine. But I don't want to. I don't want them to get stuck on the same thing and say, "Oh, it's a new series. Now we have to do this thing we did in the other one." Yeah, I guess. But I, I like Scott Bakula. I always have. I like you said. He's a great actor. I don't know if I'd put him with Patrick Stewart, but still, I I think he was a great choice to be the captain, but the writing just didn't support him. And, and that theme song killed it. <laughs> that, it really did, actually. When I first heard that theme song, I, I the first thing I thought was, oh, no, they don't have a clue. <laughs> this is going to be awful. They don't know what Star Trek is if they're going to give it that theme song. That doesn't have anything to do with Archer. The on, I'll say something that doesn't have to do anything with Archer. I interviewed the guy who worked on and designed the inner the NX, mm-hmm. the ship they used in that. I interviewed uh, Doug Drexler for my show. Yeah, and he's right. Where is he? I have him here. Here, uh, here. This is Doug Drexler telling you you should be listening to this week in Trek today. So there's a plug for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's two plugs for that. Uh, yeah. Because uh, well. the, the quote-unquote Janeway did it too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Archer's good. Okay, so let's do this. Let's, let's kind of go this way. Rank the series first. Okay, what's my favorite? My favorite is probably TNG just because there's more of it. And there's more quality episodes there. TOS would be second. And then... The more I go through Voyager again, the more I am really tired of Technobabble solving every problem and every story. 
Um, but the casting, I really like. So I'm going to say Voyager third, and then DS9, and, and then Enterprise. Okay, I'm. I think I'm going to go TNG. Uh, Voyager, TOS, Enterprise, and DS9. Okay. Totally understandable. I totally get your reasons. And I, and I think I think a lot of it might be generational because I think it, like TOS doesn't hit me the same way it might hit you. I mean, we're separated by, what, 10 years or so? Maybe a little bit more? Okay. And I think that maybe because you got to see it like live on TV when you were a kid, it didn't, it resonates more with you. Yeah. That so makes I sense. think, and I, and I, I think that, and, and I, and oddly enough, the, the techno babble in Voyager, I think was more of a product of the nineties when it was created than an actual, like, I think they, that's what they thought would solve all their problems with technology. Cause that's when it was really at that boon space. Well, except that it's just lazy writing and they just made up words that don't mean anything. Yes. And, and, and then again, though, the, they did the same thing with TNG. How many times did the deflector array solve their problems with a tachyon burst? Well, they actually very rarely used Technobabble up until about the sixth, fifth, end of the fifth and beginning of the sixth season. Because Gene Ronberry passed away in the mm. fourth season and then they just said, ah, the, the leader is gone. Let's just do whatever we want. And then they just went nuts. All righty. So let's hear your pick for captains. Okay. I'm going to say, I don't, I've never really thought about this that much. Hmm. I'm going to say, well, this might change from day to day. Who knows? But for today, I'm going to say Picard probably because of Patrick Stewart. He's just a, a great captain and more th thinking and, I don't know, just I'd rather him have him as a captain on my ship. But then the I always found the adventurousness of Kirk to be fun. So Kirk would be second... And then Janeway, she's nice and solid. Not in that way, but you know what I mean. What <laughs> uh, she handles herself really well in prison. <laughs> yeah, it's a good show. Um, yeah. oh, do I want Archer or do I want Cisco? I'm gonna say Arch. Well, I'm a. I'm gonna say Archer above Cisco because if the writing was better for Archer, I think I would have liked him a lot better. And Cisco is just the principal of the place, and yep. not much really happens with him. So for me, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I think Patrick Stewart brought Picard a level of credibility and uh, dignity that was needed in a captain, which makes him my favorite, I think. Uh, Janeway is like the Swiss Army knife of captains. She kind of could do it all. Mm -hmm. Maybe not great, but she kind of did it all. And for whatever reason, I think Archer and what Scott Bakula brought to him made him likable and relatable, which is a good argument. Mm -hmm. 
But I really think the overall winner is going to be Picard with the others kind of piling in, you know, in the Janeway, Archer, Janeway, or Janeway, Kirk, Archer, Cisco kind of pile. Um, I, I, I don't know if I, I think I might have walked out of uh, an airlock if I'd been living on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah, it's not a fun place to be. On, on purpose, they were trying to make it dark and gritty and all that. But there's a difference between dark and gritty and then just angst-laden jerky. Yeah, there was that, too. I mean, Odo, if Odo was the police officer of the town I lived in, I would definitely have problems with that town. It's like having a, a liquid boss hog. <laughs> yeah, that can show up. I mean, you sit in a chair and it turns out to be him. Yeah. So I know we're going to catch some heat for this Deep Space Nine uh, talk, but it's... Uh, it's the way I feel. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I'm used to it. So, any parting words on this topic? Not that I can think of. I think we filled our we fulfilled our mission pretty well. Okay. Um, this has been a pretty fun episode. We I don't get to talk about Trek at all unless I'm talking to someone who worked on it. And. Um, it's uh, it's been kind of fun. Yeah. This, I'm glad people voted for it, and I'm glad we got to. I mean, we already had a relationship and a dynamic that worked, and so that kind of made it nice and easy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Well, you can find me at the Trek Nerd on Twitter, and I do this week in Trek, of course, and I am I do stump the stump a Trek nerd on the morning stream. And I can be found at J. Hammond C. on Twitter. I do Beyond the Playlist with J. Hammond C. And I also sit in with uh, Joel Duggan on Citadel Cafe once a month. You got really crusty there. Uh, okay. But I think everybody understood what you said. You were just very crusty. Okay. Well, and also we want to thank uh, Todd Whitehead for everything he does with Alpha Geek Radio and for the opportunity for us to do this show. So yeah, thank and you, that's, Todd. that's why we're here doing this. It's for them. And thanks for everybody and, and supporting them. Yes, 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 yes. So we won't see you next time because there's only one of this. <laughs> <laughs>